Welcome to Sunday service. We hope you're well and enjoying the sunshine a little bit more. As always, you can follow us on our Facebook group at Evangel Pentecostal Church. You can also follow us on Instagram. If you have children from 0 to 5, you can find us on EPC Kids Ministry page. If you have youth from grades 6 to 12, you can find us on the EPC Student Ministries page. Also, we send out weekly email updates so be sure to keep an eye out for those. They may end up in your junk folder, so check there as well so you don't miss them. Anyway, enjoy the service and have a restful Sunday. Hello, everyone. Today, I have a special announcement for those of you who hold membership at EPC. The EPC General Operating Bylaw Number 1, Article 10, requires that EPC hold an annual business meeting no later than March 31st of each year. On March 24, 2020, the Admin Council approved a motion postponing the annual business meeting to a future date because of COVID-19. Recently, as you are aware, the Ontario government permitted church attendance of up to 30% capacity. In light of this announcement, we are now expected to hold our annual business meeting as soon as possible. The Admin Council has approved a motion to hold the annual business meeting on Thursday, July 23rd at 7.30 p.m. in the sanctuary of the church. All safety precautions will be taken at the meeting and the expected attendance will be far lower than the 30% threshold. We will be sending out the EPC annual report for your review prior to the annual business meeting. Paper ballots for the admin council elections will be handed out at the meeting. We will also be sending you an invitation asking you to pre-register for the meeting. If you do not use email, we will call you closer to the time to register you for the annual business meeting. Thank you. Good morning, Evangel. Let's worship together. Sing with me. Thus for words with thought to say. Lord, you take my breath away, still my soul, my soul cries out, you are holy. And as I look upon your name, circumstances fade away, now your glory steals my heart, you are holy, you are holy. You are holy, Lord. Evermore my heart, my heart will say, Above all, I live for your glory. Even if my world falls, I will say, Above all, I live for your glory. Lord, you take my breath away, still my soul, my soul cries out, you are holy. And as I look upon your name, circumstances fade away, and now your glory. 
my heart You are holy You are holy You are holy, Lord Evermore my heart, my heart will say today is from Hebrews 12 verses 1 to 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from the sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Today is the final message in our Finding Faith series based on Hebrews chapter 11. Faith in Hebrews chapter 11 is intended to show us that faith in God enables us as believers to press on despite our present realities because who we trust impacts how we live. In the first sermon, we considered the author's teaching of faith and discovered that faith has present, past, and future implications. Then we began to take a closer look at some of the Old Testament examples of faith 
that the author lists out in chapter 11. Abraham was the first, and Abraham teaches us that God keeps his promises even though the reality of his promises sometimes seem impossible. Then we looked at Moses. Moses teaches us that there are times when God deliberately leads us back in order to build our faith so we are ready to move forward. Rahab teaches us that our past does not disqualify us from becoming a person of faith and making a significant impact for the kingdom of God in the future. Last week we looked at David and David teaches us that being a person of faith means acknowledging our sins and being willing to respond to accountability with repentance. Today we will be concluding our series by looking at the first three verses of Hebrews chapter 12. Chapter 12 answers what I would refer to as the now what question. In light of what the author has taught us about faith, in light of what we've learned from the faith of some of the Old Testament heroes, what do we do now? What should our response to faith be? Our scripture today answers that question. As we conclude this series, we will be reminded that Jesus is our inspiration to endure when life is hard and we feel like giving up. I want to begin today by first of all, considering, look at others. The author paints a picture for us of an athletic event, a foot race. The stadium is filled with fans. The runner is surrounded with what he calls a great cloud of witnesses. The idea here is to communicate a lot of people, many people. The word witnesses likely includes two groups of people. The first would be the Old Testament heroes that he's listed in Hebrews chapter 11. This is the most common, most obvious interpretation of these witnesses. The author is not necessarily suggesting that Abraham, Moses, Rahab, David, etc. are sitting in the galleries of heaven looking down on them, cheering them on. What the author is doing is using the lives of these great people of faith as a means of encouragement and inspiration for his readers reminding them that because of faith, these Old Testament heroes have made it. Their lives are a testimony. If they could make it by faith, his readers can make it by faith as well. He wants to encourage them by drawing their attention to others who have gone on before. Now, a second group could possibly be those who are watching their lives. The language of this text leaves room for this interpretation also. There are people who are watching their lives. Their lives are a testimony to others of faith in God. And so for the sake of those who are watching their lives, the, the author is suggesting that they should not give up. They should set a good example for those who are watching. The second thing I want to consider today is look at yourself. When a runner came to an arena to participate in a race, it wasn't a spontaneous event. They were prepared. There were things that the runner controlled. The training and the preparation for the race was completely in the control of the runner. There were things the runner would cast off. They would cast off extra body weight. The better the conditioning, the better the chance of winning and finishing. They would cast off their training weights. Often they would wear weights attached to their bodies to improve their muscle tone. But at race time, they would remove this extra weight. They would remove their outer robes. 
Runners at this time would wear very little clothing. In fact, if anything at all, many of them would even run naked to not be impeded. The author says that they should travel light. They should get rid of anything in their lives that would slow them down, that would weigh them down. Now he calls this weight sin. And the word sin literally means missing the mark. Anything that would cause them to miss the mark that Jesus had outlined for them should be removed from their lives. Then there were things that were uncontrolled. The runner could not control the path or the route of the race itself. The route was set by someone else. The image here is of a runner staring down at the race path. He's able to see a portion of the path, but not all of it. Because the path was set by someone else, he can't see where it's going to take him. And even though he can't see the whole path from the start line, he's encouraged to run the race anyway. The word run means keep running. It's a consistency. Keep going. The word perseverance means to hang in there when things are difficult, to not give up. And so a good start is not just the priority. A good finish is equally as important. Thirdly, look at Jesus. According to the writer of Hebrews, the greatest thing a person can do when running the race of life is to keep their eyes on Jesus. Well, why is that? Why is that so important? Well, first of all, the author says, because he's been there. He leads by example. He is the author and he is the finisher of their faith. As the author, he is the one who takes the lead. He has run the path before. His race was the cross. And as the finisher, he is the one to bring it to completion. He ran the race. He removed the roadblocks. He finished the race. It took endurance. It says he endured. This means to remain in a place even when you're under a great burden. He did it, and he did it with joy. Joy not in the process itself, not in the pain that he endured, but in the end result, in the difference that it would make for those that he loved. Why keep your eye on Jesus? Secondly, because he brings good out of bad. The cross was the lowest form of capital punishment that was reserved for slaves and criminals and included torture and public humiliation. The cross always brought shame to the person that hung on it, but not this time. He turned the tables. He brought something good out of something that was intended for evil. Thirdly, because he is the ultimate authority. The author says he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The right hand is symbolic for the position of power and authority. Ultimately, all things are under Jesus' control, even when they appear to be out of control. There are three observations that I would like to make from our scripture today. First, heritage. I was a young boy when my father made the decision to become a follower of Jesus. And his decision changed not only his life, but I also believe it changed mine. My father went on to become one of the most significant spiritual influences in my life. I would like to remind us today that we are surrounded by many witnesses, by those who have gone on before us. By faith, they endured. They made it. 
They faced obstacles and they overcame. Maybe it was our parents or grandparents, brothers or sisters, pastors, church members, faithful servants of God. They have left for us a heritage. Their lives were living testimonies of the faithfulness of God. They taught us about prayer. They taught us about the value of God's word. They taught us the importance of being committed to a local church community. They taught us the value of giving and worship and so on. We watched them as they faced great hardships, yet they never, ever gave up. They remind us today that it is possible to overcome. But we also need to be reminded today that there are those who are now watching our lives, our children, our spouses, our families, our co-workers, our neighbors, our classmates. Some of them are familiar with our faith. They're watching us, they're observing us to see how we handle the challenges of life. It's critically important in our lives to line up with the principles found in the Word of God so that we can model for these principles for those who are watching us. There's too much at stake for us to give up now. There are too many who have gone on before and there are many around us who are watching us today. The second thing I wanna leave with us today is discipline. If we're gonna successfully live for Jesus, we need to ask ourselves some important questions. Have I gotten rid of the things that hinder me from reaching my spiritual goals? Things that will cause me to miss out. See, the truth is, we sometimes bring things into the race that don't belong, that cause us to be weighed down, to become entangled so we can't run the race. Some of these things are sin, bitterness, unforgiveness, materialistic desires, pride, hurts, worry, fear. If we're going to successfully run the race, we need to cast these things aside and give them to Jesus. Are we willing to take on the necessary disciplines and go down a road with Jesus, even if we can't see where that road is going to take us? We don't know what we'll have to face as we live our lives for Jesus. We can see some of the path ahead, but we can't see all of it. Are we willing to keep running? Are we willing to stay committed even when God doesn't feel close to us? When we have questions, when we feel confused, when we feel like we've been abandoned, when, when our future seems uncertain, when life turns out different than we expected, when we encounter moments of great pain, when people hurt us and let us down. Discipline in running the race is very important in determining whether we will complete the race. And thirdly and finally, joy. It's difficult to understand how we can experience joy in our lives when there's so much pain, so much disappointment, so many hardships that we have to face. Even though we can't explain it, those of us who live our lives trusting in Jesus have experienced a joy we can't explain. We find inspiration and encouragement in Jesus. He is our example of staying the course even when the road is tough. Because like him, we know the reward of suffering 
will far outweigh the long-term benefit. There will be things that we will experience in this life that have the potential to bring shame to us, humiliation to us. But Jesus has a way of bringing good out of the harm. Despite what tomorrow brings, we have a secure future because Jesus has the final say. Jesus is with us every step of the way. Even when we feel weak, tired, injured, and can't go on. Putting our faith in Jesus enables us to experience joy in the midst of life's most painful seasons. Faith in Hebrews chapter 11 is intended to show us that faith in God enables us as believers to press on despite our present realities because who we trust impacts how we live. Hebrews chapter 12 reminds us that Jesus is our inspiration to endure when life is hard and we feel like giving up. My prayer for you today is that you would be someone who would say, I have found faith. God bless you. I'm 
hear your voice I want to rest in you Oh God Please help us to get rid of distraction To stop wasting men mental energy on things that we can't control And to focus on on what we can do Focus on what you want us to do in, in whatever situation you've called us to, whatever our, whatever our vocation is, Lord God. Help us to trust in you and to rest in you, to follow your leading, and not to live in worry or in fear, Lord God to seek you with all our hearts. We constantly look to you and cast our cares on you and channels of your peace to others as well. We love you, God. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you for watching. If we can be of assistance to you, please call us, email us, and let us know. We're praying for you. We pray God's blessing on you. Enjoy your week. Amen.